So some time ago, we were asked, who would we like to have as a guest on the show? And our guest today is probably one of the top 10 people we actually wanted to have on the show. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people who follow us or have follow aviation in general would definitely know who this person is. They'll know he has a plethora of knowledge when it comes to the planes. And he's always interested in teaching people more and helping get better with their jobs. So for today, we'd like to welcome the legend himself, Mr. Stig of Stig Aviation. Welcome and thank you for coming. Uh, yeah, welcome, Mr. Stig. Thank you, thank you, guys. And no, please do not put the, the tag of legend on me. I am just a wrench, as I always tell everybody. I am just a wrench. I'm no better, no worse than anybody else. I am just a wrench, but I just try to help as much as I can. I mean, and as I used to say that, too, and I had a buddy tell me one time goes, but just the wrench is what puts it in the air. So don't sell yourself short. Uh, God, well said, well said. He got me there. Plus, that one video that just posted today where that uh, one individual, I think it was. uh, um, Wow, I'm forgetting his name already. Um, Wow, I'm I'm totally butchering this right now. (laughs) He just put Brent. Brent's his name. Brent. Oh, totally aviation. Brent. Oh yes. my God. Brent is my boy. Brent is such an epic guy. He, he, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna promote him right here. Sorry. I'm gonna do I'm gonna take that moment. He's such an amazing person. Not only him, but as well as um, my good boy uh, Tomas. Uh, he goes his handle is Zeto. And oh my my ultimate girl. She is the best. Elena. Uh, fixed life travel. You guys know all her. You guys know her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so, as well as Alyssa, and just so many more amazing technicians out there, just putting out such amazing stuff out there. These people are beautiful. They, these are all my close, close friends. Awesome. Yeah, and we definitely know a lot of them, and they post such great stuff. You as well. And uh, I bring up Brent uh, Total Aviation, uh, his handle. Because uh, as you guys were talking about, we're just ranches, but ranches put in the air. He had this uh, really sick uh, poem that he put up on his video. He did. He, yeah. he did a little collage of some of the stuff he was doing. It's like he's struggling to put the wheel do- the wheel wheel doors up. Mm-hmm. He's uh, putting a vert fin uh, aileron on and stuff like that. And he's just going on and on. And it was such a good rhyme. I was like, I can't replicate it. It's just, it was just that good. But I just liked yeah. that the, I liked at the very end how he mentioned like when this is kind of grim right now, but when aircraft mechanics go to die, we don't, we just go up in the sky and now we're the ones towing the moon from one end to the other and keeping it lit and stuff. I'm like, that is deep. Oh, it's very, it's very So you tell me when I die, I still got to work. Oh, no, no. If you go read the, if you go read my comment on that post right there and you'll realize, and then when I say to you, he goes, yeah, whenever we go, no, we're still fixing. We are fixers. That's our job. That's our that's our purpose in life. We fix no matter what it comes to. And uh, you know what? Aircraft maintenance, we don't die. We just regroup. Yeah. You, you know what? MVP, at least like when you go, you're just going to be on tow crew for the moon. You know, when I, <laughs> when I go, I have one of two choices. I either help you guys tow the moon or I'm standing at the pearly gates for who knows how long with the, with the many other friends that are they're just like, hey, <laughs> welcome aboard. Here's your uniform. Here's your check sheet. Stand watch on this gate until the end of time. Huh. 
day one indoctrination speech. I'll be the safety speech guy. That'd be me. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be hanging out in the wheel well and be like, y'all ready or what? The gear pins are out. <laughs> I, I'll just be like the, the, the cockpit writer. Like the lights not working. <laughs> You're fine. Go, let's go. We're rolling. Just like, just yell when you just yell, stop when something happens. <laughs> Is Jesus going to yell at me for not having my wands? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I love it. That was a that was a great video. That was a great poem. Uh, Brent, uh, totally aviation. Thank you for that one. That really made my day. There were some times today where I was just like, man, today is just really dragging ass. And then here comes that poem that like you posted. Matter of fact, and I reposted it with his tag and stuff. And you messaged me, messaged us right away. And I'm like, holy shit, man! Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but like. Uh, regular technicians who tag us or, or comment us or f- give us feedback I find that more of a celebrity shock than someone who really is a celebrity not saying that they suck or anything I'm just hearing it from the people who actually do the work who are on the ground doing the grind that's more of an impact to us than just some random person who just happens to be really rich or really famous and just tell us oh. stuff Oh no! The, you know you, you got that right. That, that's the thing. It's just like the the thing is we are we are the blue collar workers. We we are the people on the ground. Regardless, let's say of maintenance or ramp or anybody else, uh, we are the people that are pushing the metal. We're, we are pushing this metal forward. And the thing is, we like to talk. It's just we never get an opportunity to talk. And, you know, allowing, yeah, uh, there's a few individuals such as Brent, Elena, you know, Zeto, all these other amazing people out there presenting this information out there. It allows an outlet for the unheard, the unseen technicians or ramp personnel to, to be seen because they can say something. They can provide I know, obviously you got to push, you know, neglect the the haters and whatnot, but the positivity that comes through with it and the inspiration that comes through with it is quite amazing because you're not only are these individuals such as, you know, Elena, Brent, Zeto, all these other technicians presenting is they are paving the grounds for our future generation of not only technicians, uh, RAM personnel, pilots, you know, they're seeing this content and uh, they are being, I don't know, influence. I don't, I don't, I hate the word influence because that's not the word, the correct word. It's inspiration. It's saying you have this passion inside of you, but you need an outlet. You know what? Take this outlet, learn from what these individuals are teaching you. And apply that to your future. So it, it works. You know, it's a win-win situation. No matter how you look at it, everybody wins. Sorry, that's my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in like, what's that? No, that, man, that this was is what, a like perfect a, place to do it. Yeah, that was what, like a two-minute uh, summary right there? That, that two-minute, that two minutes pretty much pegged us almost verbatim <laughs> what we've been doing for the past two years bro you well yeah you, i mean so so six and i kind of started this when we were when we were maintenance control together and 
a lot of the conversations and stuff we'd have in our in our office and and finally one day six looks at me and goes man we should record these and we're like i was like oh, okay let's do it and then six did a lot of the legwork to set it up and and here we are but what it really is is it's it's it gets information out to everybody but more than that it's been like therapy yes you know for for he and i it's kind of talking about the week's trials and tribulations a lot of what we talk about was stuff that happened the week before that episode we recorded that episode you know just just the the frustrations the highs the lows the 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 good the bad and the ugly you know um, you know what? but it's good to have somebody to talk about it who understands you know i'm glad you brought that up uh, mvp i'm glad you brought that up so let, let's bring that up you know i always talk about the highs but i am never shy about talking about the lows uh, aviation is a very very punishing industry uh, it's a very demanding industry especially when it comes down to the maintenance portion of it uh, everybody thinks it's you know all sunshines and rainbows it ain't it's not it's uh, very difficult um you have people saying oh it's an easy it is an easy job it's it is an easy job but it's a, on the same time it's a very demanding job it demands a lot of your time away from your family demands a lot of time away from your friends your social life uh the things that you want to do that you can't do because you have to work and provide for your family because this is becomes your job it becomes your livelihood so you know when it comes to the negative aspects yeah there's plenty of them but the positivity in there is why you want to be there why you are contributing to that field that is the important portion that i try to focus on a lot of people talk to me and they say i know what do i do and how does it go and how does it work and i'm very blunt with them very much so even though i put out all the knowledge out there that i can i can possibly do at the same time whoever talks to me i always talk back to them and i tell them look these are the side effects of aviation don't expect a nine to five job not at all don't expect weekends off don't expect holidays off no not at all expect the complete opposite this is a grueling task where you have to uh, separate yourself from your work and your family and your friends because your job has to take priority at a certain point that means you have to work nights work weekends work the holidays no matter what because that's what is what's required of you and this is what we go through and which most people don't really realize you know what this this brings up a side conversation mvp and i were having the other day where we were talking about uh depreciating return right where you put in all all that it is above and beyond to make sure that you're putting forth a a product a product let's call it a product that you're proud of that product being a safer flight aircraft or being a on-time service or whatever that case whatever that definition is to you that you're bringing some some high quality you're proud of and we were kind of ranting about this where like when it comes time for that end of year kind of look back or end of year review and 
your whoever is in charge of you is like just telling you exactly what you you've been doing. Like, oh, you've been going above and beyond. You've been putting the long hours. You've been doing what you've been told. You did more than what you were told. Uh, you did stuff without asking. And so I'm going to give you a have meets in your review. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're just telling me that was going above and beyond. Like, yeah, but I expected you to do that. So you met my expectation, which was you exceeding an expectation. Like, say what? <laughs> that, yeah, that's your a expectations for me were to exceed. Oh, okay. That, that's, a, that's a difficult pill to swallow. It, it is. But, you know, like we've all heard that time and again. And, and like you said, that's the negative side of things. But what we try to do or some of the positives that we see out of it is you're seeing the results of your work like almost immediately. You're seeing like, I can't even put in the words, man. It's just it's like, you know, like the gratification you see of seeing that machine that you've been pushing all types of metal and sweat and hard work into it. It takes off as, as clean as a whistle. It, you hear it land smooth as ice. I'm like, you know what? That was worth it. I did yes. that. Yes. I did that. I, I, I love that right there. The, the pride and work. Uh, I, when I know I push metal and I, you know, let's say working a triple seven or three twenty one or whatever airplane, and I can have the gratification of watch that aircraft be pushed out. Airplane starts the engines, and I'll sit there and I'll watch to make sure everything's okay. And I'll, I'll taxi out and I watch it take off. And I, that sense of gratification, you can't find that anywhere else. It's because you know you touch that piece of metal. That is your responsibility. Those souls on board is your responsibility. And that stays with you, man. And for me, that is a link. It's a bond to my craft. Saying to myself, I know that airplane went out safe. I know those souls on board will be safe to when they get to their destination. And it's, it's, it's a very deep sense of pride. Uh, speaking of pride and soul, since you brought this up, like maybe this is me or maybe this is just that instant gratification. Part of my pride is when you, you everyone like say like someone's having an issue troubleshooting something or their, their plane has an issue that the people on board can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then you show up and this is going to kind of go into metaphysical shit. But and I think you oh. I think we've all three have talked about this before, but like the plane has like a soul. Like it can, it almost wants to tell you what's wrong with it, but you just got to know how to speak its language. Like each one's different. It's like a pot of whales, right? Like you can't just mix oh. one with, you can't just mix one with another and just expect them yeah. to get along. Like you're, okay. you're like, you, you start like, you can almost woosaw with this thing. Oh bro. And, and, um, it, if you finally figure out what's wrong and you were the one to do it, everyone's having a hard time or just have, no bones about it of how to go up, how to find the problem. And then here you show up, you figure out the problem, you salt, you find the root cause, you fix it, you send it on its way. And, and then you're kind of like, like uh, standing there in the background and kind of like a mini smile in the back of your head. Like, yeah, that's right. I told you, what, <laughs> I told you what's up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah, it happens. It, it happens all the time. And it's happened to me and on both situations where I have couldn't, I couldn't even figure out the problem. And somebody else walked up and just like, Hey dude, th- this is it. I'm, I'm like, Oh, Oh man. I, I did not see that. I, uh, aircraft mechanics. We don't know everything. 
and mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot of it's got i always tell everybody this it's a license to learn you don't you can't it's impossible for you to know everything on every single situation on every single aspect especially on the line you know you, you guys work on the line you know this you're running around mm-hmm. from this to that and problem goes occur and sometimes you just need an outside perspective for somebody to walk in and say hey dude just take a step back and take a look at this and then it dawns on you like oh darn yeah you're right but there are times where i have been the other guy where i've walked up and said no this is the problem a few resets a few of this and that a few magic tricks here and there and abracadabra airplane is airworthy again and um the thing about that is it's it takes time it takes time and patience and being studious that's the biggest important factor of this um most people will consider this as a job it's not a job you want to go have a job go work at mcdonald's go work at um walmart that's a job this is a career this is a career this this is a lifelong career and on top of that this is a lifelong studious career there's no place for you if you sit there and say to yourself oh oh i know everything and i'm done learning i know everything about everything no that's when you fail this is a job where you are continuously educating yourself on everything because aviation maintenance or aircraft maintenance is one of those things is where you'll never know everything and there there will always be something new that pops up i i think you've said it best i'll refer back to what my soccer coach in high school told me the day you stop learning is the day you die perfect or the day you stop learning means that's the day you died you know, it's the only time you stop learning. Yep. And, and, you, and we, MVP had good illustrations of these in previous episodes where like we would have individuals who they, they know they can't fathom everything. And they, so what they do is they hoard whatever little information they have. Right? Which I think is wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong. Oh yeah. Single point of failures. Single point of failures are horrendous, man. I oh, spent half my, time. half my, half my career now looking for those those specifically and and uh, you know i I run a a risk board for where i work at and then identifying those things and punching those up the chain people who failures are terrible oh absolutely uh people who hoard information that's the worst kind of uh personnel either they're just not really happy with what they do they do they do retain the knowledge they understand what's going on but for some reason they don't they don't want to share it I completely disagree with that. I'm like, why aren't you sharing it? Pass it on, dude. Pass on this information. This is knowledge that needs to be given to the future generations. Why are you hoarding it? Don't don't be prideful. That's the one thing. Well, put, well, put the pride aside. Yeah, and even for the next generation, but I even view it as like now. So let's say you and I are all on the same team together working. Well, if I go out on vacation or sick or whatever else, and six has to go do something else no matter who's gone or there or whatever like nothing it doesn't miss a beat the action exactly. keeps keeps rolling because everybody is in the know and everybody can answer and do whatever it is 
that I was doing. But if I'm the only one who was who was tracking that one particular aspect of the job, when I go out like, oh man, we're dead in the water, we're stuck in the chocks because MVP MVP's not here today. You're telling me we gotta cancel flights because one guy is not around? No, that's that's not conducive for long yeah. long term operations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like uh, whether you want to call it tribal knowledge or whatever, or just having the ability to, you know, uh, perform the tasks that you need to perform. Okay, let's say you got a junior guy and the senior guy is not there, but the access to the information is there, right? It's not like it's uh, secretive or anything like that. It's just because the senior guy is not there, the, the information should be still there. But the knowledge being passed down, how to um, properly do maintenance or probably do work should have been passed down by the senior guy. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I, I kind of, we're kind of backtracking a little bit as far as the previous episodes Sorry. with this. No, no worries. <laughs> by all means, because we're, we're touching this and we're, we're going to pull it. <laughs> that, that's, we're poking it. It's um, like when we have individuals like that, it's uh, as you guys have said, where it's a single point of failure. They like to hoard knowledge. They like to keep mm-hmm. it to themselves. And I think uh, that kind of goes into where that individual just knows that they can't, they either can't or won't do more. So they hold on to whatever they can do so they don't become obsolete. But in doing that, you're basically, you're writing yourself out of a job because as soon as that, that area or that aspect becomes obsolete, then so are you. And well, <laughs> I, 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 no, no, you're right, though. This is the thing. The, the thing is, they're not writing themselves into obsolete. They're just they're handicapping everybody else. Yes, that's what that, it is. That too. It's like so, they, they can't write themselves out of a job. Most people will go through a job and they'll keep on doing their job. And okay, you want to hoard your knowledge? Whoop de do. Congratulations, you just hoarded a bunch of good information where somebody else can utilize it when you're not there. But okay, let's say you did, and all of a sudden you're retiring and you're gone. Okay, so think about the next guy. Okay, you want to bring up the whole term of, oh, he's got to pay his dues. Come on, bro. you You can still allow the new technicians to pay their dues of learning, but you know what? Guide them in the right way and in the proper way where you can show and teach where they are inspired to open up manuals and read and understand where they can walk in those same footsteps. Don't just shut them out. That's just, that's just counterintuitive. You know, you know what? I I love the fact that you brought up the pay your dues part, because that's something that us as air quote old timers, right? I I don't think there's ever a time when you're present time. It's either you're old or you're new, right? (laughs) No, there's, there's intermediate. I, I consider myself intermediate. Uh, I'm not an old timer and I'm not a new hire, obviously. Right. I'm, I'm right in the middle of it. I got, when I got into this industry, I was very fortunate. I was incredibly fortunate to get into this industry at the time that I did. Because uh, when I did got into it, it was right at uh, close to, you know, obviously 9-11, uh, right around that era. And industry was incredibly suffering, but it was at that cusp of industry where the old was slowly starting to phase out and the new was slowly starting to phase in. And I got caught in that little pocket 
that little special pocket of people uh, again, by luck, by sheer luck, the aviation gods just literally smiled upon my face and said that. And I got to talk to such unique people and I got to learn from such smart individuals from the old generation and moved on to the new generation. So what you hear, when you hear me speak today, when you hear me talk on my videos and and all the all the silliness, silliness I post, you know, and when I talk, I have grasped all that knowledge and figured out a way to bundle it up all in one, because this is the way it was explained to me by my elders, by my teachers, by my mentors, to simplify things, and this is what you see today, and this is the way the way my brain thinks. Don't think my brain doesn't think in the more heavier way because I can put out stuff out there that nobody will understand. Only certain technicians will. But uh, I know what I need to present to people for them to simply understand. You, you know what? That, that's a really good point you mentioned. And the only reason why I mentioned something like old school, right? And I'm not saying that we're old or anything like that, or there's a, a different mindset to how people work. And maybe there is. Uh, I say that there more so. On the, and, and I say it more so on the line because how fast uh, the aviation technology evolves, like stuff that you, when, when we were around, when we first came about, it, it was, it's all like analog, mostly analogs and some analog to digital. They're still working on Game Boy cards, uh, mm -hmm. memory cards and stuff. They're, they're, and they did rudimentary stuff. Perfect for the job, but it was rudimentary. Nowadays, you get stuff that the plane literally tells you what's wrong. Like, I have a flat tire about 3 PSI to the left. Oh, holy shit. Right? Yeah. Or my number two engine is running slightly hotter at this, at this operating range. You're like, huh, thanks. Thanks a lot, aircraft. That was nice. <laughs> I mean. It's big difference, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. Right, and, and that's what, and, and that's really well, what I mean. Time by saving, it's it's time saving, is what it is. The MVP just said it right there. Time saving, it's all about time saving. You, you just brought up yep. such a good point. I mean, I I used to talk to uh, old school mechanics where where they can literally put their head next to a uh, JTAD and say, "Yeah, the fuel is off. We need to trim the engine while it's at full power, standing right next to it." <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Nowadays, you, you don't. Oh yeah. I mean, I've done that by mistake once, and now it's only because like uh, we were doing a quick launch, like a hasty launch, and my stupid self forgot to have my earmuffs or my earplugs in, and here's me like going through the regular motion because it's all muscle memory, and then here it comes on number one engine. My right ear is right next to it, like leaning into it, like I'm supposed to hear popping noises, and then. Here comes the roar of the engine, comes straight ringing right through my right ear. I'm like, yep, uh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my guy, we're, we're all uh, clinically deaf at this point, if you really want to call it that. Yes. And like, but hey, I found out the number one engine is a little low on fuel, <laughs> or the yeah. fuel's running, it's flowing a little slow. Like, oh, terrible way to figure it out, but yeah, it's yeah, okay. It works. Airplane, <laughs> it works. It works. Yeah, I mean, we used to be able to do that on one of our propeller driven, uh, aircraft that we worked on uh you could hear it you know doing engine runs you could hear it hear it during the engine runs and you hear that whine of the prop you're like that pitch is off <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like oh i gotta yeah, go adjust you, that yeah you, you can, can hear it yeah you mm -hmm. can tell 
Yeah, you can tell. Same thing with the engines. I mean, um, when we do engine runs, um, we'll do high power runs and whatnot. I mean, I'm standing in front of it or inside the aircraft. Obviously, I'm monitoring the systems. And uh, if I sense something that's just not right or on the outside, if I'm hearing something that's just not correct, uh, yeah, I'm. It, it just you feel it. You know it. That just comes with experience. And then that kind of goes back into like, the previous one we were talking about like how like the aircraft has a sort of soul well let's call it that a sort of soul and it has its own language and how it wants to tell you stuff and it really and it wants to tell you you just have to kind of like as you said with time and patience kind of figure out what its language is and and it and it almost makes it makes your job that much faster and easier and so i'm i'm going to i'm going to reel back a little bit and kind of go mm-hmm. into so well, we kind of touched base on this about what it's like working on commercial aircraft now or then versus now. So say me, I am a, I'm an aspiring aircraft mechanic. I've never touched a plane in my life. I've never seen anything about a plane other than flying in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some tips that you can give to help uh, this aspiring mechanic for that'll set them up for success in the future? Good question. Good question. Um, absorb. Be a sponge. Uh, legit. Be a sponge of knowledge. Uh, stick to the the mechanics that are willing to help, because not every person out there in the world is out there to teach and educate. Some people are just out there just to make money. It's like I, I'm going to go back to telling you this: it's not all sun, sunshines and rainbows, and not every mechanic is you know this happy-go-lucky and loves their job and loves to go to work and fix airplanes. Some people are just out there just to make a paycheck and make money. What I'm telling to the new mechanic is. Uh, you know, clamp on to the people that are talking to you. Ask that question. The, 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 the worst thing you can do is not ask questions. This is the worst thing you can do. If you don't ask questions and if you're not curious about something or how it works or why it does what it does, you've already made the mistake of conforming of just like, okay, I'm just becoming a number. Don't become that number. Ask the question, gain that knowledge, stick to the people that are knowledgeable, that want to give that that information and don't, don't become complacent and don't become lazy. It's yeah, you getting paid for a job, but why do you just want to just what you want to just sit around and, take panels off up and down and lube a grease point and like, okay, I got a paycheck. Congratulations. Yeah. Don't four years yourself. is a long time to be in a, to be in a career for just a paycheck. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like so don't, why not make don't. the most of that time. Exactly. Educate yourself. Be a smarter person. Understand what that airplane is doing. Why is it doing this? Ask the questions. This is the biggest thing that I would give advice to a newcomer. Don't stop asking questions. Surround yourself with the people that are giving you the information. And on top of that, keep that positive attitude of that you know what you're doing is important. Yes. And, and every piece of it is important. Like I remember as a new mech coming up, like the 
the top three jobs that I would always get is doing uh, fuel samples, greasing points, and then doing uh, aircraft washes. It was like the the top three things that I was almost expected to do every single day of the week. Yep. And and it sucked. I'm not gonna lie, it sucked. Oh, but, it sucks. Yeah, it and, sucks. And um and every time I would ask a new question, like I'm trying to learn a new system, right? Like tell me how this engine works. What's the theory of operation? What does this green wire mean? Right. And and you you will run into those individuals where they will kind of prank you to help you learn better, right? Like, oh, you want to know what this green wire does? Here, go do like go run five laps around the flight line or go get me so give me a bucket of engine wash or some shit too before they can give you the answer. It's gonna it's suck. okay though. But it's okay. You yeah. learn at the end of the day. Right. I'll give you I'll give you an example. Uh, my very first airplane. Air, like, look, I got out of A and P school. Now I'll give you a little bit of a portion of my origins. So I got I got out of A and P school and all is well and all is fantastic. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is I'm, I'm about to go get a job at the airlines and I'm gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be great. And I did. I got out of the school, got my license. And uh, God, uh, immediately, I put in my application to a major airline and um, got up, got accepted. S- exact same time, I got denied because 9-11 happened and everybody just basically shut down. My application was basically mm-hmm. zero. They basically teared up my application. Sorry, you don't exist anymore. And then obviously, and I ended up in George Air Force Base because all aircraft were being parked at the time. So where do you go? You go where the work is. So went to a storage yard. But long story short, when I got to the job, the very first thing I did, and I walked up to my crew chief, I said, hi, I'm new and this and that. And he's like, oh, okay, you're an AMP. I'm like, yeah, this and that. Okay, okay. He handed me a grease gun. And pointed me to a 727. And I said, what do I do? He's like, you need to go start lubricating your nose gear. Like, and the fear in my eyes, dude, the fear in my eyes. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. And he saw it. Thank God I have a, thank God I had a good crew chief. He said, calm down, kid. It's fine. This is not rocket science. Here's the manual. Look at the pictures. Everything that you see here on the pictures, hit the lubrication point. You'll be fine. You already know this. Remember the basics. And, and this one stuck with me so much that I carry it to my very day when everybody asks me, hey, I'm about to finish my AMP school. Hey, I'm about to take my tests. Hey, I'm about to do this. Like, remember the basics. And that is true to this core. You, you know what? That struck a nerve too, especially when you say like, I was wide eyed. I don't know what I felt lost. I was confused. You know, like every single emotion was like happening all at once. And then it had took somebody, somebody to kind of just like pull you by the collar. Like, Hey, just, just chill out. Follow the, follow the book. If you have any, if there's any gaps in the, in the knowledge base or the book, just come ask. And yep. I never felt that any harder or any worse. Now I got my, can English today. <laughs> I I never felt that any worse than when I was RTSing my very first plane, right? And and this was like me brand new, like you're you're now certified to sign this plane off that it is good to go, safe to fly, books and everything. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> you know. And and we've we've gone through the motions. We OJT, we've done the math, we've seen 
We've seen the books. We've gone to the drills so many times. But when you, and it's your first one, and I will always remember my first one. I went to that thing so slow. It took me, it says you have, you must accomplish this inspection or this RTS within an hour and a half of the, of your, of your start. I'm like, I literally took that whole hour and a half and I still felt like I didn't do enough. I'm like, oh shit. And even even as I'm signing this paper, I'm like, oh my god, it's difficult, man. It's the first time is the first time when it go, goes around when you're signing off your first airplane. And when I, I still remember my very first airplane, I signed off for airworthiness. It's just it's nerve wracking because you know you're signing something off that's like, okay, I am responsible for this aircraft, and it's it's a very ominous feeling. But you know what? At the same time, it goes through, and you go home that night and you rest and then you wake up and you know, and you, by the way, you're checking because I did, <laughs> but you, oh, yeah. I, I, I looked up and like, okay, airplane got there. Oh, thank God. And, uh, I do that all the time, man. Pull a flight away. Did it make it? Oh, whew. yep. I I made it to his, or if it made it to like, it's two stops over, right? It went to the first one, made it to the next one. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. It's had two hops since I touched it. Yep, I do it all the time, MVP. I do it all the time. Uh, I'll I'll take a look at the flight aware, not only flight aware. Obviously, we have our own data, database and whatnot, and uh, I'll make sure like follow up on the whatever maintenance protocols or what's going on. Like, okay, uh, she made it. She's good. She, she is okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, it, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a feeling. It definitely is, and. I like what you guys were saying. Mine, I think I went a step further. I would call the whoever the crew chiefs on ships, like, hey, did my plane make it? Did it fly out on time? Did it go? Did it take off on time? And of course, you know, like, every, I think almost everyone has done that or has gone through something like that. So, of course, the crew chief's going to fuck with you. He goes, oh, man, you know, it, it was delayed like five minutes. Like, I don't know, like, the, the pilot or one that was screaming, like, who the, who the hell looked at this plane last or some shit? And then here's, my, here's me, I'm nail biting already. I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, I'll oh, just chill, dude. Like it, it was like maybe 30 seconds late. And that was because the pilot like forgot his bag in the. You want to hear a funny story? I, yep. Let's go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, um, uh, my boy in Phoenix, uh, one of my good friends, I've known him for years and years. I think I've known him for almost like 20 years at this point. And, um, he dispatched an airplane, um, the night before and they had a IDG, you know, oil filter change. Um, so he did it and whatnot, and he was tired of shit. And um, he said, he, he called me and goes, yo, man, I think I messed up. I'm like, what happened? He goes, I think I forgot the safety wire, the IDG bowl, the filter bowl. I was like, no, dude, I'm sure you did it. And he goes, can you please check? I, I re I'm about to file an ASAP report right now. And, uh, and I, at that point, I said, you know what? File the ASAP report now. Do it now. Don't hesitate, which he did. He filed the ASAP report right away when I said it. And the aircraft was scheduled to go to L.A. So I was there at the time. He goes, can you please check? I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll check. Airplane got there. I cracked the engine cowlings open and goes, and I called him right away, right underneath the engine cowl and took a piss. I snapped a picture for him and I said, dude, you did your job. Why are you doubting yourself? The safety wire is there. You're fine. He goes, I don't know, man. I was tired. I thought I forgot. 
<laughs> like you're fine, dude. Don't worry. It's it's there. It's like you're you're completely fine. You got no problems. And you know, obviously, ASAP report went through, and then they got back to me, and I I re readdressed it and whatnot. But you know, it's I I gotta say this camaraderie. Aviation world is a very tiny world when it comes to aircraft maintenance, especially when it comes to aircraft maintenance. Pretty much everybody knows everybody. There's people out there out in the East Coast or South America or in Europe that know my name that I have never even seen their faces or know their names and vice versa. Yep. <laughs> this is so freaking true, dude. This is true. It's it's, it's funny. Well, so I explained I explained to the new guys, right? We had the conversation here about being new and new into the industry, and I tell people about the quality of work that they they output. And they say, "What do you mean?" I said, "You should you should put a high out output of quality of work." I said, "I said because there's people that are going to see your name that that have never met you, but they will judge you." having never met you based off the work that they see. And that goes from either they received the bird that you worked on and they're going, who the hell touched this last? Or even to your paperwork, Christ, it was a three-year-old write this up? Who who did the forms on this thing? And I harp on forms a lot because that's 50% <laughs> of the job, you know? But I tell them, like, I've read write-ups and forms for people I've never met and still have never met. And I go... This guy is an idiot. Has to be. Please, please, please don't judge my handwriting. I, I, I promise you, I, I can write up a really good write up, but just please don't judge my handwriting. No, but I'm not. I'm not even saying off the handwriting alone. I'm talking about just what you read. So, so handwriting, I can get past. I can get past. But if I can still understand what was done, and it's pretty thorough. But I'm saying when you say uh, removed uh, right hand fuel control, why? Why, why did you why? what happened did you install another one there's nothing here what's yeah, going on like i'm getting ready to return to services thing. what the hell happened please explain further i need to understand why you did this uh, the ones that the one that made me laugh was uh something similar where they said remove left hand part and then the corrective action is installed right hand part like wait a minute wait, wait, what? Wait, what just happened wait, wait i thought what? we were on wait. the left hand side well, how do we get to the right what the Magic. Well, what is going on? You know what? We're we're done here. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> All right, we're gonna we have to do way more than what we needed to because we have to ensure that everything is is configured the way it's supposed to be because this person over here doesn't know his left from his right or meant to say left but it actually wrote right. Who knows? But that that's but, another one. Is yeah, what well, MVP was saying was with the quality of work, like, uh, and what you were saying, like, people will judge you that you've never met before based on what your, what the output of your work was. And this is kind of true for us too. Like, like uh, there's a lot of people right now in Canada who know us by, well, I wouldn't say us by name specifically, but they know about the show. They know about us and they message us like, I have never met you before, but this is cool. <laughs> so how's yeah. life over there? <laughs> so uh, we, we kind of talked about, What's like being shiny? What's some of the things you need to learn? Be worth being a new, brand new AMP or someone being an aspiring AMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's one thing that that happens in the commercial airline world that people seem to have a lot of disagreements on? Disagreements on? Oh, um, 
Oh goodness. This is a really good question. This is a really good question. Um, disagreements on majority of the time. It's, um, protocol protocol. Uh, yeah, I have to mention it because that's the truth protocol. And when I say protocol, it means whose job belongs to who. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously maintenance is maintenance. Then you got avionics and then you got management. Everybody has a respective position, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest, uh, uh, how can I put this? Uh, the biggest downfall is not working together and trying to solve a problem. The biggest problem is diversifying and separating the groups when we all know we work together. That's okay. the biggest problem. My key point when I say this is stop doing that. Stop separating. Oh, I'm avionics. I don't touch the fan callings. Oh, I'm maintenance. I don't touch a cannon plug. Oh, I'm management. I cannot walk out to the airplane. Stop doing that. Stop that silliness. You can all work together as a cohesive group, as a team, all together. And talk to each other and say, hey, look, avionics, I need your help. I'm about to open up the fan cowlings. Come over here, help me out. Management can say, hey, hold boarding. We got a problem. Uh, you know, all this stuff, it just comes with a fluid motion of teamwork and collaborative effort. But again, that goes into where you are as a station. And how the the personnel are dealing with each other. If you have a, an aggressive uh, personalities within the station, they're not going to really work together well. I am fortunate enough in LAX. I, that's where I work in LAX. Obviously, everybody is really, really good together. Like we all work. Like 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 we are water, bro. Hmm. Like <laughs> literally, everybody works so well together. Like I can go walk up to my manager and be like, Hey, what's up, bro? How's it going? Give him a high five and what's going on. We're cool. And same thing with my crew chiefs with, with the same with all my mechanics. We're good. We all want to help out each other, but not every station works that way. You, you but the keep good. Uh, I'm sorry. You know what? MVP, I think he got us pegged for a lot of the problems on our side of the house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so uh, uh, my follow-up to this was, are the people who say, I only do this and I only do that, are they prior military? Because that, to me, is telltale of military, because the military is very divided up by some, your MLS like that. <laughs> some are military, but we are talking about very embedded uh, personalities within older cultures of aviation and oh. <laughs> older uh, yep, airlines. Okay. And gotcha. they come from a, I'm just going to say it, union days. Still union, bro. Still union. Oh, is it still union? Okay, so that's the mentality of it then. The union is, because you can get in some fucking serious trouble by the union. Say you're, you're avionics and I'm, and I'm hydro systems or whatever. And I, go and, and I go and connect a cannon plug to the, on the, on the engine after I reinstall the hydro pump or something like that. And you walk up and go, 
who connected this cannon plug? You could report me and I can get in trouble for doing your job. Isn't that crazy? Well, well, guess what? I I could care less. I am in here. I yeah, I could say, you know what, buddy? I'll call you when I need you because I have the I hold the same license as you do. And I'm sure anybody that hears this podcast, any aircraft mechanic or any avionics mechanic or whatever or military personnel, they're gonna cringe at me when I say this. And it's okay. They can I, I'll take the flack. I don't care. But you know what? I am a mechanic. I have a certification, an airframe and power plant license. Guess what? And by the way, I do have my FCC license as well, which means bupkis, by the way, which means bupkis. Nothing. It's a a (laughs) freaking... But still, it's cool to have. No, no. It's a freaking maritime license. It's got nothing to do with aviation (laughs) at all. I love it. I love it. So, bring, bring so I'm looking at the grow. I'm looking at the grow manual right now as on my shelf. As yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. I do not like to curse. I'm sorry. I just like this. Is oh, sorry. Right. Uh, no, means, please edit that out. Please. Clearly, six and I are <laughs> very that offended. One out for me. <laughs> please. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll just bleep it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just bleep just bleep it out for me, man. Because uh, I I run a I, a lot of kids watching, and I don't want that. Gotcha. But my point my point being is that. Look, we hold the same license. I don't need somebody say, oh, I'm an avionics technician. I can do that. Bro, give me a break. I can splice wires just like you can. I can <laughs> I can repin can of plugs just so, like you can. I know how to do it just yep. because so, some other Joe just because of some other Joe Smo did not want to learn how to do it. Sorry, that does not make you more qualified than I do. By the way, when Avionics says, oh, tire change, that's not my job. I'm like, bro, no, that, no, it, you got an AMP. You can change that tire. So, Come on, let's go. And you and I are, you and I are one the same. Like, why well, don't do that? Well, why? Well, it's yeah, just, exactly. that's just not what I do. I'm <laughs> like, is it because you don't know how to do it or you're telling me you don't like to do it? Um, yes. I'm like, hey, More like let me you see your AMP like license. Then they'll pull it out and I look at it. I'm like. Huh, huh? I'm like, huh? That's weird. I don't see any. Uh, I don't see anything that says any restrictions on here about changing a tire. Looks like you can help me change a tire. You know, <laughs> funny, right? It is. It's true. Uh, but then, but then again, yeah. but I, I, view, I view A and P's like. Well, I was gonna say Go I ahead. view A and P's like you can do. There's you're supposed to be able to do it all. Well, I, I can't do this and that. Well, the only reason you can't is that you maybe you're not comfortable because you don't have a lot of experience splicing those wires. Hey, I get it. Get somebody more experienced to kind of work with it. And, and as you do the job, you'll get more comfortable. But flat out saying, well, I, 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 I can't. I, I, I don't do those jobs. Well, yeah, well time to well, learn. You know? well, I mean, <laughs> no, that, that's perfect. You said it perfectly right there. Like, hey, look, all it is takes a little bit of humility and just takes a little bit of humble this and say, hey, I, I've never done this before and I would like to learn how to do this. Can you please show me how to do this from a, an a experienced mechanic? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll come over and show you. But just blatantly saying that's not my job, that's just, that's just, yeah. that's just not a willingness to learn. Bingo. And I, I would say, uh, to answer our own question, 
like some of the biggest problems that we've seen or one of the biggest disagreement is saying that you found a root cause, but the root cause is just stating a different problem. If that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like saying like, what's the root? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Like, uh, oh, we, we gouged the, a three inch hole into this, uh, into the airframe. Well, how'd you do that? Well, so-and-so over here was tired and they weren't properly trained on how to handle or part protect and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not a root cause. That's another problem. Like, so now we have a gouge <laughs> and now we have a training problem. Now we're going to write another ICAR. Yeah. So like, so how you can't answer a problem with another problem or, or here's another one, especially for the commercial airline, uh, for your side of the field is mm-hmm. they say flight delay. Why was the flight delayed? Oh, it was a three part. It was delayed because of baggage. It was delayed because of maintenance. They took forever to get the plane ready and it was delayed because, uh, the flight attendants, uh, didn't, uh, do their safety checks in time. That's not a root cause. That's not the cause for a flight delay. I mean, that's contributors, but each one is its own problem. Like, Okay, so like we'll chase this down a little bit. Like you, you say root causes baggage. Well, there, there's a whole slew of problems that could have caused the baggage to be late. Yeah. You said, you said the mechanics uh, taking forever to get the plane late. Well, what's the problem there? Are they understaffed? Or is they, the tug broke down? What was oh, it? You know, that's its own well, problem. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Maintenance will always maintenance always takes a delay for most majority of things because they think, oh, maintenance problem because they they watch us come off the airplane and like, oh, maintenance was, maintenance was last off board. Oh, meanwhile, yes. meanwhile, passengers are still loading. By the way, this is hilarious. And I'm like, I'm off board. Passengers are still loading. Uh, not to blame any anything else. It's just like, okay, airplane took a delay. Big deal. What did you do? Did he go out safe? That's and my concern. Yeah, it's like, did it go out safe? Is it? Did it get there on time, or did it get there safely? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, then why are you crying about this? Yes. And and okay, that, yeah, that, that was some of the time and money, right? Schedule, ske- flight schedule drives all. I, yes. Six and I have talked about this before, but you're 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 exactly right from a maintainer standpoint. They're like, well, it didn't take off on time. Okay, it but off. it did take. I feel like I feel like I feel like I feel like Captain Jack Sparrow and Pirates of the Caribbean. But it did take off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here, here's 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 the thing. I take my my uh, my sensitivity. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you my sensitivity and, and issues because I've been a passenger. I, we've all been passengers. I mean, God knows. Like you know, we have connecting flights and whatnot. You know, because I like I said, I have myself even paid for revenue flights or had. Play a flight out, flown on standby or whatever it is, but you know you want to get to a destination, right? You're a traveler at that point. You're not a mechanic, but you have to be a little bit humble about it and understand. Hey, look, there's certain things that occur within a flight that let's say let's let's pinpoint maintenance. Do you think maintenance personnel will just purposely allow you to delay an aircraft just because they want to, or they're just dragging their feet or whatever? No, they're not. They're, they're trying to get not only the aircraft safe, but as well as paperwork legal, because you cannot just dispatch an airplane just to say, oh, willy nilly, oh, I'll slap a panel on, or I'll just tighten a screw or put a piece of speed tape on and call it a day. And, 
Adios. No, it doesn't work that way. There's a whole slew of documentation that goes behind it. it. People don't realize how much work it takes to make this piece of aluminum can fly just legally. And that's the funny well, part. I t- yeah, I tell people, I'm like, do you think the FAA cares about your flight schedule when it's doing its investigation after a crash? <laughs> no. No, no, they don't. Absolutely don't. Uh, and I'm going to kind of crack a joke here. Uh, how many times have you heard, uh, especially passengers would say like, well, how long is it going to take you to fix it? Or why is it taking you so long to fix it? I'm like, my guy, <laughs> do, you, oh, do you you realize dude. what we're doing here? <laughs> dude, dude, I, you have no idea how many times I've, had, I've had that question asked literally while I was fixing a chair. It, here's a good story for you. Here's a good story for you. So, a uh, gate call, a gate call, and this was about three years back. Gate call, and I got called out. Airplane's literally almost boarded, and um, first class passenger seat uh, inoperative, and the passenger can't really move his seat around, he can't recline or whatever. And I'm down there, and I'm just, and I asked, uh, and I asked them, hey, can you please just ask the, the passengers to just kind of stop because I need to be on the floor at that point. And um, I think they stopped or they must heard me or something like that. Anyway, long story short, I'm on the floor. I'm literally on the floor, upside down, backwards, and just trying to manipulate the seat and trying to get this hydro lock get to work. And what do I feel over on top of me? A piece of luggage roll over my belly. Oh, hell. And people stepping no, no over me. Are you serious? Oh, I'm dead. I'm oh dude. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. People, people, people are just walking over me, literally rolling their baggage over me. And I got angry. That point I got angry. I said, stop. I said, please stop. And I stood up and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly yeah, not part of the floor here. Yeah. I, I'm not the floor. You see a human being on the floor with a really bright vest and pools spread across and you're walking over me. Anyway, I, uh, the guy turned around, he said, he apologizes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And I said, it's okay, sir. It's fine. Just please get to your seat. Turned around to the other people and said, please stop where you are. Give me a moment. Let me finish my, what I'm doing. And then you guys can proceed on boarding. Okay. And then the guy that was supposed to be sitting at the seat and goes, Hey, how long is this going to take? <laughs> uh, that's the moment I'm like, sir, as long as I take. <laughs> it takes <laughs> as, long as, it, as long as it, as long as it takes just, me to fix it. <laughs> just as long as it that's takes. That's when you almost want to be a smart ass and go with every, every time you ask, it adds 30 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I can't. It's like it's not in me to be a like some kind of a you know a, a rude person. I'm just like, sir, just please be patient. I'm really trying here to get you to your comfort level. I know you paid five thousand dollars for your first class seat. I'm really trying to make it work. Meanwhile, everybody else is waiting while they're rolling their baggage over me. Oh but you know, God. but you know what? It's okay. I got the, the seat fixed. The guy was thankful, and he goes, "Look, I'm sorry." I was like, "It's a fine. Don't worry about it." I everybody else proceeded. This was so many instances. There, there's so many times, and you know, all, all passengers are not that bad. We, I've had some really rude ones in my time, 
there are there have been really good passengers like one guy lost his uh oh, sorry excuse me one lady lost her phone and oh my goodness and she waited she sat around and so did everybody else because the flight attendants can't actually leave the airplane until the very last passenger leaves and i found her phone i really did I found her phone pulled it out out of a seat and it was i don't know how she dropped it there got it out handed it to her and was like here you go ma'am uh, everything's fine the phone is working and she was in tears and she was so crying and she pulled out her wallet trying to give me like two uh, hundred dollars wow <laughs> just, just to wow. try to tip and i was like no 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 it's it, ma'am i was like you don't need to do that it's don't worry just it's it's fine it's don't worry about it and she was just here she said bless you i said it's fine and she went about her way but you know it's those little moments most well, definitely kathy i'll shut up now no most definitely that's stuff like that really really puts the gratification factor up uh I'm going to change gears a little bit now. Speaking of tools, right? Since we talked about tools and you kind of made that video about duct tape versus mm-hmm. speed versus speed tape. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are, uh, what, I've used quite a bit of speed tape in my time. I can promise you that. Or even, oh, yeah. even, or even flash breaker tape. <laughs> I've used the shit out of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or mylar. Mylar sheets. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, going on under uh, some oh, tools. Fl- like, did you say flash breaker six? Flash breaker? Yeah. No, no, flashbreaker no, tape. That, yeah. That's that. That's for paint. Uh, you, you think? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I digress. I digress. <laughs> oh, and mylar sheets too. We use that for a whole slew of things. Mylar, no, we mylar. Hell, we 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 use mylar on leading edges of uh, vertical stabilizers. That that's yeah. common use. Heck yeah. So speaking of tools, like what are some underrated tools that are indispensable to you on the line? Oh, you know, uh, just 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 uh, on hand, on hand tools. Yeah, or or something that's just underrated. Like, eh, no, I don't really like. Oh, but it, it, it's it seems underrated. It seems like very downplayed, but you use it a lot, <laughs> dude. Craftsman, you're 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 craftsman. You're you. Uh, excuse me, not craftsman. Excuse me. Ah. Uh, Leatherman? Leatherman, Leatherman, your Leatherman, your Leatherman tool. Leatherman is like the king of all aircraft maintenance tools. If you don't have a Leatherman on your side, it's like, like, what are you doing? Leatherman is just been. All right, so now I'm going to bring up. Now I'm going to bring up. Do you have to have that tool etched with your name and employee number or whatever else nope. to be accounted nope. for while you're on the line? Nope. Not, Not all places line. do that, but. Okay, I was like, because currently that, in the, that, in the that's area mil- I work at, that yeah, that's military. That's, mi- that, that's military, and that's uh, manufacturers. Military and manufacturers yep. require the etching. So when you get into the airlines, they don't care. That that's not required because majority of the stuff here is that you're these are your tools. You are responsible, and you you mess up and leave it somewhere. Yeah. Don't that's worry, a, they'll still find it. That's a, kind of the same with your time in the AOG realm, isn't that MVP? Like when you had like a oh yeah, those, uh, those yeah special, I always had uh, Leatherman on me, or those electrical uh, the for the engine bolts. I think it was. Oh man, yeah, my favorite. My I will never do another engine change without my electric ratchet. I mean, uh, I was mind blown when I that thing when I heard saves that, like, your wrist in so much time. 
a godsend. Electro ratchets are a godsend. Uh, they are. I'm uh, changing a fuel metering unit on a uh, V2500 engine. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, definitely. And then I think beyond that for me is my Ford wrench. Uh, Ford wrench or Chevy wrenches. Uh, the, you know about the, the offset. Uh, it, it is a Ford wrench, but it's like an offset wrench. Rigid makes it. Believe uh, it or not, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, it's actually a. It's, it's actually considered a plumbing wrench. It's 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 made for plumbing, but it's perfect for aircraft maintenance. <laughs> Got it. Isn't that amazing? Like some of the stuff you and you find. Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw in like probably like another all-time fave that's underrated or no one would actually expect it to be a tool, but it is. Is super glue, super Bro. glue, freaking king. <laughs> You know what I mean? It, I'm telling you, yeah. Because no, no, like, no, no. I, I have it in my pouch. That's my. That's my. Like 99% of interior work gets fixed by super super glue. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly so, it. Right? So speaking of interior work, have you ever used that 1300L glue, the yellow stuff? Yeah, it smells you, like it smells like death. <laughs> uh, I haven't used the yellow stuff, but I the only yellow stuff I know of is Masnox. That's the only stuff I know of. Hmm. And that's okay. lubrication. Yeah, the but stuff we the, used. At least that's the, lubrication. Oh, okay. No, no. This stuff is uh, called 1300L, and it's a glue. And I mean, it like when you get off the job and you get home, you're like, "How did I get glue here?" Like you just don't know. It just ends up on places on you. You just don't know how it got there. And it takes forever one. to get off. Haven't used that one. Uh, that, that's one thing we don't have here. I haven't seen that one yet. But it will, most of the time, it's uh, yeah, super glue or you know epoxy, any kind. Or and then you want to get deeper into it. Obviously, you guys already know about this. You know, is B B half or B two half? B half. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's that's the stand, industry standard. That's but. That's for more sealant, like hardcore sealant, where you need to let it seal for external components. But majority of interior components, let's say a piece of plastic breaks or whatever. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're going to use glue. What do you think? And it's like, and not everything in airplanes, oh, a piece of panel gets broken. And yeah, we, we if I can reattach it with glue and get it fixed and get the aircraft dispatched, yes, I'm going to glue it and get it repaired and by the way that's a permissible for aircraft manuals yay it is i've had people ask me like you're it was an interior panel so non-structural merely cosmetic all it was just a sidewall panel had a passenger because a corner chipped off of it they called me out and I, the same thing i glued it i glued it back on and the passengers you know were like uh you're gluing that on as i'm holding yeah. it in my hand you kind of want to be like no, I'm uh, I'm wishing it back together, you know. <laughs> um, I'm like, no, yeah, I'm gluing it. And they're like, that seems very unsafe. And I was like, well, this is non-structural, unsafe so unsafe to what? No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, because uh, it's people who who have a lot of money to fly on corporates but don't know anything about aviation. So I, they're like, well, it seems unsafe, you know, being a, it's an airplane. And I was like, well, it's non-structural, so you got nothing to worry about now. Uh, if you see me out on the wing, 
gluing that back together, uh, I, you, you might have some concerns there, but don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> do, you, do, you want, do you want it fixed or do you want it flying? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, want going for, and I want to safe, safe. No, no. safe. <laughs> that, 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 what was it? One of you guys posted that meme or. Uh, oh, yeah, that it, one video. That yeah, you, you want it, you want it safe. You want it. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a funny one. But yeah, what, what uh, review was saying is like, uh, look, uh, you most flying public don't understand that they really can't grasp the concept of like, okay, your tray table uh, I can fix and put together in, in certain conditions. Yeah, you'll still go out you can still use use your tradable but don't expect the same level of safety factor when it comes to like let's say a wing or an engine no if there's something wrong i know you're not gonna fly i'm not gonna allow you to fly i will ground that airplane which i have many times i've grounded so many airplanes that i can't even count on my fingers and toes mm-hmm. because i know that airplane is not safe to fly and i will not allow it I've walked up to the flight deck and say, hey, Captain, sorry, I found something on your wing or your engine. Say, it's not a, no, I'm, I'm taking your logbook away from you. And he's like, but why? I'm okay. He's like, no, I'm not okay. He took the logbook away. I'm, I, I am the one at that point making the logbook maintenance entry and say, no, it's unairworthy, not going anywhere. I'm sorry. Now, uh, with that, have you ever had someone of a higher pay grade try to argue with you about why it's down? Oh, oh yeah, many times. And every single time, I will take that again. My signature will rule supreme. The AMP will always rule supreme over anything else. As soon as the aircraft mechanic grabs that logbook and puts an entry into that logbook, that's it. It's over. There is nobody else that can supersede my authority. I don't care what supervisor, if they do take that authority and they, and they want to supersede my authority, that means they just took liability for that right. aircraft. And so if that's, that, aircraft, that was always my argument when people would do that. And if my, my lead or my supervisor had an AMP, I'd say, Feel free to, 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 you know, and uh, discrepancy entered an error, my write up. Um, you can go ahead and release that for flight. You have now taken ownership of everything there. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, it's all, good luck it's with that liability and, uh, and good luck at the uh, investigation board. Exactly. Go walking away, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there, there's no way a supervisor will, in their right consciousness or let alone their own. Uh, preserve preserve preservation of keeping a job to oversee or supersede an aircraft mechanic and say no you're wrong and overwrite their write up that that will that very rarely happens and if very, it does it usually backfires quite heavily oh yeah very true and we we've seen stuff like that too where uh, various organizations have their different symbols for up, down, or partial. We've seen some individuals where we've clearly written like this is red. Down arrow, red X, circle slash, whatever it is, that means that this is not going to fly. And some individual thinking that because they have superseding authority, like, you know what? 
it's fine by me. I think it's great. I think it's gravy based on whatever uh, knowledge that or tribal uh, knowledge that they know of, or maybe there's some engineering spec that they're uh, they're privy to that we're not. But that's another thing too. Like it kind of goes versus like released publications versus pending. No, no, I agree. Uh, that that being that that being said, that being said, just uh, just want to clarify something for you uh, at the at the company that I work with and that a company that I work in. Uh, this is the beauty of it. We are pretty well versed in regardless of supervision and maintenance and, you know, the, de- the delegation of work. We are all very well aware of what's going on and we have a very clear line of communication. Sometimes it gets broken. Sometimes it doesn't, doesn't work as properly as it should, but 99% of the time, everything is pretty well understood. So, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is when those rare occasions do come up is uh, this is why I bring that up. But a majority of the time is when maintenance does perform an action or does put in a logbook discrepancy. Supervision will always respect it and say, hey, this is maintenance prerogative. Let's just find a way to solve the problem or find a replacement aircraft for that situation so uh, we work very well hand in hand when it comes to that that that's a that's a very good uh, environment to be in because uh mvp and i have been on the opposite end of that spectrum where schedule is king and i don't give a shit that mil- will, that plane will fly i'm like well, the military we'll find is the military is uh very yeah. um punishing yeah. uh, i'm assuming uh, that's between the military and then certain corporate entities, uh, some AOG that MVP has worked on. And they've done that where they say like, well, the schedule is king. This will happen. And like, well, you find someone else because it's not going to be me. That's going to be putting my name on this line for yeah. your revenue. <laughs> I am su- I am surprised you boys are still hanging out in that sector. Why aren't you here with, with the majors? I mean... I, I like stress. I well, guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, never, I never worked. I never worked airlines. Um, I did a lot of uh, contracting stuff, and then went to corporates, and then space flight systems, and then back to uh, back to contracting. But but I'd probably say, well, initially it was mission, right? What what the mission was, which can't go into here, but it was very. Mm, Superb mission. Felt like I was really making a, a difference. Making a difference. Um, and we're, we were making a difference. But uh, I think now it's probably just pay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I mean, the pay I, is, isn't too bad. No, I mean, no, I'm sure the pay, the pay is good all, all around, no matter what. I mean, the aviation industry is booming right now. And, you know, I, especially aircraft maintenance, it's, it's left and right. They're hiring. But for the level of, of intelligence and skill and knowledge that you guys have, I'm kind of surprised that like you would want to transition to, you know, the, the major sector and not only have the experience and knowledge, but as well as the benefits. I mean, that might be something we'll be yeah. exploring. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, to, to your point though. Right. So, um, when I went to AMP school, uh, we had, you know, companies come to the school and talk. And at that time, we didn't have no, no airlines came to the school to talk to us. Right. 
And and mm-hmm. I was, you know, again, brand, brand new to the industry, just graduated, just got the old AMP card in hand. Um, a couple of companies came to the came to the, the school to to conduct interviews and you know, this one company in California said, Hey, how how do you how do you feel about palm trees and being close to the beach? And me being from the east slash midwest, uh, said, That sounds pretty good at the age of uh age of nineteen, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's how I ended up out here. And then that job took me took me traveling uh the world for a number of years. But I guess since then I've never really met anybody or had a conversation with anybody until now who had worked airlines. It had all either been contracting or corporate jets. And in even most of the people I went to school with that I still remain in contact with, they all chose the same routes. They either went corporate or they went uh, contracting. Well, funny enough, as you say, I've had my fair share, even when I did my time spent and when I was at Georgia Air Force Base, because I did get to do contract work outside of the United States, but that's a conversation that I'll have in private. So, uh, uh, how can I put this? I saw a lot of sand. How's that? Does that oh. make it, uh, is, is, oh, is that can, clear for uh, you? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty clear for me because I'm pretty sure yeah. we saw the same sand. Yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, and and I didn't like didn't like the the booms that are happening next to me. So, but anyway, I digress. Yep, I feel you. Yeah. We, so we, we, so, but to your point though, right? I've never spent any time around uh, um the the airline industry. I hey, if you can if you can bring us down there and show us around and stuff, we'd be mighty interested in that because. Like I said, other other than being at those airports and working on the corporate jets on the you know on the small uh, on the small FBOs there, um, I, I don't have actually any time in one of the airline businesses. So yeah, definitely be curious to see. Definitely gonna be working on that, and um, there's a lot of things in work, and it <laughs> the airlines are very difficult to. Um, try to get uh, them to cooperate and to do what to present knowledge and information because a majority of time airlines obviously they're you know they granted they're just trying to promote and make money and granted that's that's normal but uh, to promote this kind of knowledge especially from the aircraft maintenance side of the the world it's more of a difficult phase it's it takes a lot more effort and promotion which we were which we are all trying to do at this point yes and that's a yeah that's- and, and you kind of wonder why right so we're, we're trying to change that narrative all of us are mm-hmm. um and maybe it's because pilots have always been glorified right oh they're in the air top gun you hear all the all the all the old war fighter stories from back in the day which is cool you as hell even, which is yeah. cool as hell i mean I, I love it like and we gotta we gotta give we got to give pilots their credit and it's fine. There's no problem with that. But now we're coming to a day and age where we can appreciate pilots and we can appreciate flight attendants and everybody else. But you know what? Now it's time to start appreciating what's under the wing. Yes. It's, we, you got to start so, appreciating yeah. what actually makes this airplane fly because 
I'm going to be honest with you right now, and I'm sure everybody that hears this and every pilot that hears this, they're going to hate me. And I'm going to tell you this. Without aircraft maintenance, you are a paperweight. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah you're, I, I, have you ever heard of the song where it says, I'm a pilot and I only care about me? Yeah, I haven't. Oh, we were going to oh, say you that. Haven't? Oh, my God. We will find that and we will send it. It's two. It was... I think it was two Air Force or three, two or three Air Force mechanics. Um, and they wrote a song all about pilots and only caring about themselves and bringing the, they don't care if they bring the jet back code two or code three. It's a whole, it's a hilarious song, you know, from a mechanics uh, perspective. But, but like you said, so um, getting, getting with what you were saying. So I don't know if you've ever listened to the Jocko Willink podcast. Um, pretty good. The Jocko podcast. I got so to catch up with that one. Okay. So he is uh, a Navy SEAL or a former Navy SEAL, runs his own company and stuff now uh, down out of San Diego. But he, um, he has a whole, he had a whole series going for a while where he was interviewing uh, Vietnam era vets. So like the SOG guys, you mm-hmm. know, you know, most people don't know, but all, all the, all the real fighting happened in Cambodia and Laos, not actually in Vietnam. All the, uh, the, the black ops stuff. Um, mm. So he was interviewing some of those guys and they were talking about being in bad firefights for weeks on end and, and nearly losing their lives. And they called an air support and there come some dude over the hillside in, the, in a Huey and just getting shot up with uh, RPGs and, and bullets and co-pilot was killed. And the pilot was, was wounded six times. but was able to land, throw the, throw the wounded on and get everybody out and back to base. I mean, take nothing away from those individuals. Badasses for all eternity. Incredible. No, incredible. No, no. Th- but, those those boys are freaking awesome. You hear the you hear the pilots talk about, yeah, my helo was shot up and I took an RPG straight to the tail boom and this and that and I landed, refueled, and I got some water in me and I had to got bandaged up and I went back out. But you never hear the story of, okay, so why you were getting bandaged up and back out? Who was the guy who patched up an entire <laughs> tail boom and JB welded a gearbox together so you could fly okay. back in there? Like, what, where, what's that guy's story? You know what I mean? Like, holy <laughs> shit. And he did it in the time it took for you to get water and come back? <laughs> okay, I, I, got, I got a story for you. I got a story for you. You're going to love this one. Uh, this goes back to uh, the first, uh, there's, a war, there's, a, uh, there's a war. Uh, first one, first Iraqi war. Y'all remember that, right? Desert Storm? Yeah, yeah. yeah Desert Storm. The first one. Yep. Yep. So, um, uh, one of my, uh, my crew chief, my crew chief, when I first started out, the, obviously, Desert Storm was way before my time. I did not serve in there and I uh, did not do anything in there, but my crew chief did. And um, he was a flight mechanic for the F 16s uh, back at those times. Okay. So, yep. It, I remember him specifically telling me this story, and uh, he would tell me he would be at, at base maintenance over there, and flights would come in, running down, and uh, the the captain command, you know, the pilot would pop the canopy open and goes, "Yo, how's it going? How's my bird? I don't know what's going on." He's like, well, you have piece of your aileron missing and half of your body structure is gone. He goes, can I still fly? He's like, yeah, you can still fly. Just give me a second. 
Let me patch it up real quick. He goes, good. Patch me up. Put back bullets into my airplane. I need to go back and shoot back at these assholes. And this is the level of confidence. This is the level of confidence that pilots and maintenance had because they were working back and back. You know what I mean? It was just the. It was just like, yep. load me up, dude. I got to go shoot back. I don't care. Half my whistling, wing missing, go. Come on, let's go. I got to go. Almost deaf. And, that, and I think that's kind of why we ourselves are still in that mindset or still in the, in the sectors that deal with those kinds of uh, scenarios is because like, we're, we're, that, that, that type of bond, that type of trust is very rare anywhere else and you yeah, you might find a lot of it's built in wartime situations and you you you're not going to knock you de- you'll definitely find that in very um pristine places or very nice places kind of like what you guys got going on i'm sure that level of trust is is on par if not slightly under that level no and no it's, it's it's there no you no you got it right the the level of trust is there like when i walk up to a flight deck and i talk to my captains and my first officers and when I explain to them a certain situations and I, uh, you know, one of my personal traits is, is to be humble and give them the respect because you have to respect the position. You have to respect the, the man or the woman inside the flight deck because those are the people carrying those souls. Yes, I am fixing that aircraft. Big, big whoop de dude. I don't care. Uh, I'll do my job no matter what. Uh, but these are the people that are performing their duties in the air. And I give them my utmost respect. I love my my flight crew and my, my, uh, my flight attendants as well because everybody undermines them so much. I hate the fact that people saying and just talk trash about uh, a flight attendant. They're not. Just like, oh, oh, you just serve me drinks. No, dude. No. You better get that out of your brain. You have no idea how much training a flight attendant goes through. Flight attendant is basically a firefighter, an EMT, and a lifesaver, and every and a doctor at all times. You do really understand this, right? They yeah. get trained. They get trained for all that. Their training is intense. I've seen it firsthand. Flight attendants are one of the most qualified people you have you'll ever see, dude. It, it's incredible the training they go through. It's very, very gru- uh, grueling training. Oh, most have. And then when I talk to my pilots, I give them the utmost respect because I want them. To understand the fact that the airplane is safe, I I want them to understand that I have walked through this aircraft myself personally, and if I didn't see anything wrong, because when maintenance looks at it, we look at it on a completely different standard. We looked at it, we look at it on very minute details where sometimes pilots won't see. So when I tell a pilot saying, "You're you got a good bird, you're fine." They have a very good reassurance when I say that. You know what? That that brings up a lot of good memories that we ourselves have with our pilots and air crew 
I say air crew because there's so many different, there's a different complement for each individual flight, uh, flight attendants, crew chiefs, uh, flight observers, uh, radio uh, personnel, whatever, whatever have you to include the pilots when each and every single one. And they're all flying in this big hunk of metal mm-hmm. and like the confidence they have with us. And to illustrate your point is like their pre-flight is basically just kicking the tires. Like I've seen some pilots, they'll comb through it. They'll, they'll like look through it to a, with a fine tooth comb, which is good. But the, we've seen some also who literally just like, Hey guys, is this good? And like, yeah, man, good to go. All right. They'll just like do, they'll go out to it just for the sake of going out to it. They'll kick the tires and like, all right, look good to me. It didn't fall to pieces. We're, let's, let's roll this thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. I mean, that's the, level, that's the level of trust. And that's, and like that going back to your, what you previously said, it's all about that, that one cohesive network that we all need to uh, strive that keep to, main, to have and maintain and to sustain for all the newer individuals coming in. Like this is a level of trust that if one element breaks, then the whole cycle of events starts uh, suffering. And then that's I'm, when... I'm glad you brought that up. And now, I, you know, the previous comment I said, you know, uh, I don't want to undermine any other profession here. You know, I said, you know, uh, you know, if aircraft maintenance is not there, you know, it's a paperweight or whatever. That's not that. That's not the point. I was just like, uh, aircraft maintenance is all, all and be all. It, we're not the only thing that th- that's there. It's a cohesive unit, just like you said. It takes an effort of a a whole combination of team that means pilots maintenance ramp uh operations atc everybody we all work together to get this piece of metal out flying so it's it's attention to detail from all perspectives and we all be have to be mindful of our jobs to do it properly absolutely uh I only got like maybe two or three questions left. Uh, go, go, two. go. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being a chatty Kathy at this point. I mean, uh, I don't know. We very, very much appreciate you being a chatty Kathy because sometimes, you know, you really got to, you got to pull some data from people. But <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I very, very much appreciate you, you being open to talking like this because it's, it's, it's good to listen. It's good to hear. It's good to learn. But um, it, it's really good to have the conversation. One of, one of my questions was first one was where where did you go to A and P school if you don't mind me asking are you from are you from out here originally or are you uh, originally I wasn't born here I'm not going to disclose where I'm where I was born oh, okay. but I, I I did come to the United States back in 1989 uh, and I I'm a foreigner I am not a uh, I wasn't born in the United States but I did grow up in California in in the United States obviously I was I grew up in in Los Angeles and the school that I okay. went to uh, was called North of Rice no longer exists at this point it's it's gone that oh, that was that was 23 years ago hmm. okay so uh and that well okay so that was the that was the AMP school yes was that at like uh, Long Beach or was that? No, it was right next to uh, right next to LAX Airport. It was right off of Aviation Boulevard. Uh, if you can, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some kind of history records. Oh, really? Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's some kind of history records. If you look up uh, North of Bryce, uh, I'm sure it'll pop up uh, somewhere mm-hmm. in that. Okay. Yeah, you uh, know, I, I mean, I'm just asking after, questions. You have to forgive me. I'm I'm not from this end of the country. Oh, no, here quite no, a while, but 
Oh, no worries. Uh, uh, after, after, afterwards, uh, the, the name of the school changed to, I believe, Westwood. If I Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, that I, sounds I, familiar. Okay, the, the name of the school after I was uh, I was going through it, it changed to Westwood. And after that, it I think the name of the school changed to Redstone. And then after Redstone. Redstone, uh, yep. And then after that, I think, and now at present day, I believe it's Spartan. So okay, so that's I know some people who've gone to Spartan there. So it's the same um, school. It's the same school. Ah, uh, okay, okay. That me- I, I'm tracking but, with you now. Yeah. So the original school where I attended it was called Northrop Rice because Northrop Rice Grumman University was literally right across the street, but that was for aeronautical engineering. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it, it's been it's been a while, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, not a problem. Um, well, you know, what kind of interested you to get into aviation and then and then what made you ultimately, you know, we've talked about the different sides of the industry, but what made, what made you lean towards the the airline side? What was the uh, the luster to that? You know, the luster, the luster was uh, I, I've always been fascinated with with aircraft and aviation, but um, Initially, uh, I did not have any fascination of going into aircraft maintenance or aviation at all. Initially, I was actually focusing my uh, my future into being a doctor. Believe it or not. Oh, yeah, I was going to be a. I, I wanted to be a surgeon, and I went to medical school, and that was did not work out. Dropped out, um, and then my dad. Uh, my dad took me to uh, the school and said, hey, son, come check this out. Because I was also an aircraft, excuse me, an auto mechanic prior to this. Because okay. me, me and my dad had a shop, an auto mechanic shop. And my dad took me to the school and said, hey, son, go go check this out. See if you like it. Because he wanted me to have a you know, good future. And I did, and that was it. That, that the bug hit me. That the bug bit me, I should say. And uh, I loved it. I, they, the, the the second I walked in to that school, it was love at first sight. The smell of jet fuel, the smell of metal, the smell of uh, just the, the the rubber, I just everything around it. I was just like, yes. I want this. I want it. I want it more than anything else I want. And it just, it became easy for me after that because I told my dad, yes, uh, please enroll me. He helped me out, obviously, and uh, financially. And um, once I got in there, uh, I was at the top of my class. I, I did great. I had no problems with any of my school. It was one of the most, I had a horrible experience in high school. I had horrible, horrible experiences in my college years. I completely hated it. But as soon as I got into my A&P school, that was the best experience in my life. I just learned so much and I just went head deep into everything I loved. And it was fantastic. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, not everybody has, you know, it, it's crazy because not everybody finds that that passion, right? And, and some people maybe still haven't found that passion. Mm-hmm. But for the select few of us that have, you know, it's uh, it's pretty gratifying 
And, and you, you know, you said you were working to be a surgeon or a doctor. Well, you are a doctor, but you're a plain doctor. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> you, got, you, you know, uh, now that you mentioned that, uh, sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't find that spark until late in the game, right? Uh, in your case, it was after college. Uh, there are some uh, individuals who listen to us and some who are patrons of us. They didn't find that spark until they're late into their 30s, almost pushing 40s. And that's when they figured out, you know what, I, I, want, to, I want to try this aviation gig out. And then they end up get bit by the bug and then they end up loving it. Uh, some wanna, of us, like, uh, like myself, like, it, it wasn't an accident. It was more like a, it's either choose or lose. And I just said, you know what, I like working with my hands. I don't really re- very much like rolling around the dirt for no reason. So let's give this a whirl. And um, at, at first, I didn't know a thing about planes. Like I say, likewise, with every single one of us, we've all had a little bit of exposure with electrical and mechanical stuff. And when they told me what kind of planes I was working on, I was like, what the fuck is that? What is that? Right. Because they don't tell us like what the plane is. They just kind of give you like a code, right? Like, oh, it's 61 this or it's UH this. I'm like, what is that? Right. And this was before this was before the Google phone. Right. So I'm like, I have no idea what the hell this means. And then as soon as you like similar to you, as soon as I well, step foot on the flight line, I saw them zooming across. I saw them turning up. I hear the engines roaring. I hear um, people moving with a with a purpose in life. And I think that's what really did it for most of us is like you like every every step you take has a purpose. And it's like that this is it. This, this, this is the moment. This is where everything is for. I am happy to be here. And yeah, there, there were some moments where like, I really hate this place. Uh, this is not for me. I really, I want to do anything and everything exactly opposite of this. And then everyone has that low point. But then going back to our to the beginning of our conversation here is once you start seeing the positives, you start feeling that instant gratification and see that quality of your work and how people recognize you specifically for the quality of work, like your actual performance matters versus just the name or the image that you're giving off. Mm-hmm. And that really just so sewed it into me. Like, or most of us, that sewed it into most of us. You know what? This is it. Like I make machines defy gravity. <laughs> you know, I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I want to mention something. If you don't mind six. Yes. Uh, uh, and this is for everybody that obviously listening here. If you are, uh, you know, venturing into the world of aviation, and if you are venturing into this incredible spectacle of opportunity, which it is, it really is, it's a spectacle of opportunity. You, you have so much opportunity uh, beyond just maintenance um, of everything. Uh, aviation is such a diverse uh, portion of the world. It's there's so many branches where you can just play around with and get jobs and all over the place. I want to uh, make note of something that you should keep at the back of your head. If you are getting into this industry for the sake of making money, please don't stay away. Stay away. If you are trying to get into this because, oh, this is an easy buck to make and I can kick back and make money. Don't be here. We don't want you here. Go away. Go find another job. Go be a stockbroker. Go be a lawyer. Go do, I don't know, I be an engineer. I don't care. Don't do this because you want to make money. 
do this because you love aircraft, love this and be here because you want to see airplanes fly and enjoy them. That, that is a very, very important point because if you don't and you get into this and you become a miserable person because of the circumstances and the side effects of aviation world, well, I'm giving you a big warning right here. Don't do it. You better want this really badly. Yeah, you become that cranky old dude in the corner. Yep. <laughs> don't don't do it. And just this is not a place for everybody. Just because you think an airplane is pretty taking off and landing does not mean you can be a part of the aviation industry. It takes a lot of work and lots of sacrifice to be here. We are these six MVD. We've all gone through the gauntlet. We are talking from experience. And it's not because like, oh, aviation is great. Airplanes are great. They are great. But there's a reason they're great. Because they're great because we make them great. And this goes for everybody. For anybody who's trying to be an aspiring pilot. Uh, if you want to go into ramp agent or airport operations, ATC, everything. This is not an easy job. This is a very demanding, hard, responsible job. I really hope you are up to the task because we want you to be here. Not because of the money. You have to be here because of the passion. Very yeah, well. It's a it's a high stakes job, and, and you and you're and people are gambling on us or or you, the the maintainers out there, to be. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, reliability, integrity, I assume. Right? Yeah, and there you go. Reliability, Perfectly accountability, said. whatever it is. No, no, perfectly said. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was a big, that was a big uh, point right there. I'm like, I got nothing. I got, <laughs> you, you hit me good. So good with all that. I'm like, that's too much truth, man. Like, I don't know how to follow up with that. Sorry, man. Uh, I told you, man. You get me on the stage. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start talking. I mean, by all means, man. Like you're here, sing. <laughs> we brought you here to dance, so let's do this. <laughs> I mean, but no, that's a very, very great point and nailing the head on all aspects, on all levels, and that's basically like what we ourselves have gone through, what you, you and your team have gone through, and then what every single one of our guests have gone through, like. It's either you're with it, you're loving it, and you're doing it because it gives you a career, it gives you a leg up on your goals, or you're just not with it and you're going to be miserable and just realize just how much it just takes away and you're going to keep dwelling on that and just keep taking it away and taking it away. And then you're the only one who's going to be miserable is you because the machine is going to keep on cranking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Man, The thing is, there's no need to be miserable because... If you're in the industry, you are obviously you're getting paid for for what you do. Mm-hmm. So why are you miserable? You're you're getting paid for your job. Stop complaining. Perform your duties and perform your tasks. Create the product that you promised. Your oath is there. The mechanics mm-hmm. oath is there. Perform. Do your duties. Make it airworthy. Very well said. I mean, yeah. I mean, MVP, you got something to follow this because I'm kind of a 
I'm kind of out of, <laughs> I'm speechless right now. <laughs> no, Stig's Stig, hitting all the, all the high points, man. My uh, bad, boys. My bad. I'm no, like, no, uh, no, no, no need uh, to apologize. The, the, he's the designated hitter, man. Like, he goes to the plate. It's home run every time. Like, uh, like here it comes. Boom, saying, home man, run. We had, we had the bases loaded. You call him Stig. <laughs> grand slam every single time. Like, we load the bases on purpose over. just so we can grand slam it. <laughs> My boys, uh, well, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Love you too, man. And oh, appreciate, love, it, man. appreciate everything that you do. Uh, so I do have one last question. Uh, yeah. It's not going to be that in depth. Uh, where can the listeners and and viewers, because you make videos, where the listeners and the viewers find you? Uh, well, that's easy. Um, the, that, that's the easy part. Do uh, you guys want to talk to me? Um, you want to ask me questions? Um, Stig Aviation. Um, all one word. Um, I you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter, Facebook, and pretty much every platform. I am mostly I focus on Instagram and TikTok lately because um, on YouTube as well. I'm trying to get that back up and gone, uh, guys. I'm I'm literally just it, this is just me. There's no team of people here behind me. Uh, I am. What you see me producing is just me doing all this work and it's, uh, and I try to keep up with all of it. So, but the one thing I do is, uh, I talk to everybody. I talk to every single person. If they have a question, I will always respond to them. Uh, if they have a concern, I will always respond to them. If I post something and, and the questions go through and whatever they comment, I will always respond to every single person in there. And that is my responsibility. Do you know why? Why is that? Because if somebody takes their time to ask a question, that is my responsibility to respond to it. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. That's good, yeah. Right, right, right. It does say like, you. You might, and by by responding, you you might have changed that person's life, right? They might be saying, "Hey, I don't know much about aviation, but it seems pretty cool." And I see your videos, and it looks really fun and interesting. Uh, can you tell me more about it? And if you leave them on red, they're going to go. Well, maybe that industry is not so cool. All right. Well, I'm going to go over here then. You know, or and do something else here. And that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. And this is why I respond to every single person. I talk to everybody because all these people are human beings. They're curious. They want to know. They want to understand whether they're, they have negative remarks or they want to say something snazzy or just uh, spiteful. I'll reassure them with some kind of, of uh, data or facts or reassurance, whether it be a person that is fearful of flying, which I have reassured many people of becoming more self-assured uh, of you know, wanting to fly again, or whether it be a future aircraft maintenance technician that wants to get into the field or a technician that with is already in school uh, and giving them guidance to their own p tests and whatnot or their writtens or if it's a future pilot uh, pilots come in and uh, that they're going through their ground schools and they ask me advice and uh, what i'll do obviously i'm not a pilot but i will guide them to the right people 
that are pilots and say, hey, look, why don't you talk to this person? Talk to somebody that does have this knowledge and has the teaching capability that I don't. So I'm on a consistent level trying to give people a reassurance about aviation and aircraft knowledge and aircraft maintenance, mostly about aircraft maintenance because I want people to be aware of how important our job is because we are very much um, cast aside. We are the necessary evil. We are ignored. The yes. ghosts that are the ghosts of the industry. I have been saying this for many, many years. And that's, that's what we a, are. It's a better way to say it than I've been told. I was told we're the we're the uh, elves, we're the fairies in the night to come out to fix them. Right? No, we'll, <laughs> we'll, yes. I was like, can we change, go with something better than a fairy in the night? Maybe change, change, I like, like ghost better. I'm gonna go with that. Change it up, man. That's that's what I've been calling it, and that's what we are. We are the ghosts of the industry because nobody sees us, nobody knows us, nobody really pays attention to us. But guess what? I will make my personal life mission. I, I have, I have made it my personal life mission to make people understand why aircraft maintenance is so important, not only to aviation industry, but just worldwide, man. And uh, not, I, I, well, I don't boast I myself. Aviation is not going away. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and and it's not about boasting myself. I'm I promote. I never boast myself. I don't care. I do. You know, everybody wants to say, "Oh, Instagram this and TikTok that," and like I don't care, dude. Like if you're learning something, great, learn something. For me, I will promote everybody else in the world. Just learn, learn what I'm showing you. If you learn, I then guess what? I have. I have accomplished my 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 job. I've done my job. Absolutely. Uh, and that, have that's you thought about actually teaching at, at an AMP school? Like, yeah, like, I, I, I have. You, you actually <laughs> have. you you should, man. You get the right you get the right demeanor for it. The right drive and motivation. I have, but my schedule doesn't work with it, and they don't really pay enough. Uh, sure. I mean, I don't know if it was something you could do or like. Uh, you know, maybe maybe teach one course a week type thing. I don't know, like a specialty course or something. Or yeah. you should. You know what you should do? Here's what you should do. You should figure it out where you can travel around to different A and P schools and do like uh, motivational speeches, right? Because you you and can you you can really amp up somebody about the industry. MAP, I've been doing that, buddy. I've been doing that. Hey, look at us. Oh, have you? We're, we're late in the game here. Sorry about that. I've been doing that. I've been doing that in New York and uh, Miami and uh, Chicago and Dallas. So, I, 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 but nobody, again, nobody really, I don't promote that. I just, I do it because I do it pro bono. I, I do it because I do it on my, I have my own dime. So it's. Paying it, it forward. It, Paying it forward. Yeah. And well, that's and, cool though. And likewise with us, like, um, I mean, most of our, our game is either through here on the podcast or through memes on Instagram and all that stuff. And <laughs> it, it sounds like we're just talking a whole lot of shit, which we kind of are. But the idea behind this whole thing and behind us with the memes and whatnot and bringing on guests is so we can show that it's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn. It's okay to laugh. 
it's okay to take that split seconds breather so you don't push yourself to the point where a mishap's going to happen, whether it be yourself or the plane. And that's the kind of thing that we ourselves, we the ones who've been around for a little bit, we the ones who've seen enough bad stuff for a little bit that we won't don't want that happening to you. So if we could just give you that little tidbit of knowledge or that little split second break to make you better and help you reset yourself to be better. And then we've done our job and we've done our job. No, you have, you have. And guess what? You guys have been a, uh, such a, uh, (laughs) uh, you, your page and watching and reading things. It's, it's been a, uh, Yes, a comic relief, but at the same sense, a uh, an outlet of where you can relate to things that are just truly uh, comforting, especially to aircraft maintenance. Uh, some of the things you post, you're like, you, most people will just won't relate, it won't won't comment or say anything, but they'll just nod their heads and they're like, yeah, it's yes, it's just kind of one of those things. But Absolutely. no. Don't, don't stop. Don't, don't stop what you're doing, man. You guys are incredible. I love you guys. You, you are, uh, you are way underrated. I, I, I truly honestly mean that from the bottom of my heart, you guys put out such positive messages and, uh, don't stop. Don't stop being you. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to likewise throw that back oh, at you. Appreciate like, those kind words, man. We'll, we'll, we'll keep pressing on. We'll, we'll keep on trying until the wheels fall off as we've ah. mentioned before <laughs> and like we're throwing this back at you like likewise <laughs> uh you're more than just a wrench and and yes even if you do consider yourself as mvp said wrench is what keep keeps it in the air and we all together as one continuous don't, circle of of, of don't, don't don't give the credit to me don't give the credit to me I, i'm like again i i'm a nobody i i don't care i don't give the credit to me give the credit to my fellow professionals around me. I, I don't worry about me. Don't give the credit to me. Give the credit to all these other amazing mechanics around me. I'm telling you guys, like Elena, uh, Fixed Life Travel, uh, Zeto, you know, uh, Total Aviation, uh, Stan, uh, Fahad. All these guys, these girls, just like amazing people. Forget about me. I'm just a guy who's just throwing stuff out there and just professing what I think is important. But all these other people that are doing things are so much more important. These people are on a daily basis. They're, They're incredible people. Not only incredible mechanics, but incredible people. Guys, focus on them. Give them the credit. I am a nobody. Give these people and all the other mechanics the true credit that they deserve because those are the true heroes in my heart. Because when I look at them, I am inspired by them. I am inspired by their work efforts and their diligence and their uh, their ingenuity and all the hard work they put into it. It just makes me want to work harder. These are my friends. And that's the thing. These are my friends. I talk to them on a daily basis and uh, I, I am, I am honored. I'm honored to call them my friend 
as well as you guys. It humbles me. I'm sorry. I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, we're humbling ourselves, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. We are definitely. And for all of those professionals you named off and then some and for the future that are coming in who are yet to be inspirational. We definitely can't thank each and every one of you enough. All of you, all of you in general who, who put in the work to make these things fly and make them fly safely. And as we said in our in our very, very first trailer, when we first put up this, uh, the podcast, like, we're all about you. We're all about uh, put it, bringing and, and not, not so much gratifying. I guess gratifying is a bad <laughs> word, but like, we're all about we're all about uh, gratifying you guys who put in the hard work, who put the grindstone, who do the non-gritty, non-glamorous things of the, go- of the ghostly world that is aircraft maintenance. Absolutely. Woo. <sighs> was- oh, the, the baby. The babies are screaming. <laughs> I think that's our. Uh, I think that's our cue. <laughs> I know. I know. That yeah, was really my final. My final thought is. My final thought is. Cheers to friends and colleagues in the industry who keep the lift under the wings. Absolutely. Boom. Boom. Man. I love it. Boom. You got it. Let's I it. love it. That's well, it. Stig, thank you very much for coming on with us and sharing your your knowledge, your insights, your, the gratitude that you have, the passion that you're giving, and then inspiring all of us, both currently in and aspiring, to want to keep uh, doing better. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for having me here and giving me your time and uh, uh, allowing me to speak my mind. That, that's, that's all I can say. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you once again. On that note, yeah, I appreciate thank- it. And we'd love to have you back. Well, most definitely, we we can do this for episodes. <laughs> Plural <laughs> episodes. Anytime. Anytime, man. Anytime. And on that note, everyone, you know where to find us. You know how to contact us on our social medias, on our website, on on our emails, whichever is easiest for you. Please hit us up, give us feedback. And likewise, if you have any questions or comments or some things you want to learn from Stig, you you have his handles. We'll put it in the show notes as well. By all means, we're here. We're all here for it and we're all here to help you. And on that note, thanks for everyone for listening and we'll catch you all next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Caleb Stockhill, Jenny Dignan, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks such as access to our private Discord, discounts on and early access to merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have suggestions for the show or have a guest recommendation to be on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at our website and do, we will do what we can to get your ideas and or your recommendations on the show. You can also follow us on social media, such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, Twitter at CXMX Podcast, and now you can catch us on Tapas where you can view our latest comics. Check out our affiliate, RockwellTime.com, for watches and eyewear that support both your sporty and classy lifestyles. Use the code CX4MX, that's the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total purchase. 
Thank you all again for your listenership and support. And we will see you all next time.